0: Last month, we were in our series called Legacy, and for those of you that don't know, uh, every December, we devote ourselves to a special offering, something separate than our, our regular tithing. We just believe that when we make room sacrificially, we, we get more of God. We make more room for God, we receive more of God, and, and so it's just a way that we kind of sacrifice and, and give extra, and um, we had plans and prayers for Uh, being able to increase our outreach center and really sort of release that uh, to the community and open it wide and all and so all these different things we prayed about and talked about through our legacy offering and one of the scriptures we talked about you can find in isaiah 54 it talks about how the scripture says uh, enlarge your tent or one says dwelling place but essentially it says make room enlarge your tent it says uh, strengthen your cords. It says, um, you know, strengthen your stakes, essentially. It, it goes on to describe how uh, you have to prepare your your place or your house, uh, our case, the church, um, for more. You got to make room for more. And, uh, and so in our legacy offering, that's what we did. We, we trusted God and we made room for more and we believed him and we sacrificed. And uh, one thing we talked about throughout that whole series was how the reason we need to make room for more is a couple chapters later you see in that that uh the reason you make room for more is because hurting people are coming when you make room for more uh, it's so that you can catch those that come with the need it's essentially without sounding too weird it's essentially we're creating a place that when the hurting come we've built a house that can give them a hug right that can receive them because we're large enough we can fit them we can bring them in we can nurture them and so we we, we preached it every week we got a we got to sacrifice. We got to make room for more. We got to enlarge the tent so that when they come, and they're coming, and it said that they're coming hungry and, and they're coming hurting and they're coming with need. Uh, when they do come, we want to be able to receive them, and that's what we preached all of December. So uh, Thursday, uh, I'm, and it's the snowstorm. It's a crazy snowstorm, and we're working here during the uh, office hours. Uh, Thursday, we're here, and uh, Doug, our tech guy, is down here. He's working on some stage design stuff uh, that we're going to be rolling out, and. Uh, a couple of women came through the doors here to City on a Hill and it's a blizzard and they came in and and they were, you know, frazzled and, and stressed and so thankful that they even made it here because of the journey to get here was just, you know, a big obstacle. They came from some government housing. Uh, they took public transportation to make it here because somebody told them that uh, they would be able to get food here. So they said, you know, do what you can to get to City on a Hill. You'll be able to get food, which is true uh, through the His Harvest Stand Monday through Wednesday Uh, they give away food uh, through the his harvest stand well this was Thursday so it was closed so they come through our door just so so thankful to even make it here you know they've made it on time and they come through the doors and they say to Doug hey we heard there's food here unfortunately it was closed Doug then says well hey just a second Uh, I'll bring you up to our connections director which is Sam and so brings this couple up uh, these two young women uh, up to and they, they have change in their pocket. I mean, they're just, they're stressed. They, you know, and they say, hey, you know, this is what we have. We just need to get food. We need to get home. You know, we're all out of this and they're struggling. And uh, so Sam, you know, talks with them and then comes over to my office. And so uh, she comes and knocks on my door at my office. And so I paused my solitaire and then uh, listened to her because I'm a pastor. I only work on Sunday, which is a lot of what you guys think. And, uh, and so guess what my response was? my response was guess what they have a great need and because this church is so great and because you guys gave so sacrificially we have an outreach center that's stocked with food last year in the or last month in the legacy offering you guys gave over $31,000 to our legacy offering give it up to that but but here's what's funny here's what's funny about what we do as christians we pray and we and we see god and we trust god with what he wants us to do right and we're getting up here and we're saying you know we're going to stretch the tent you know and we're going to we're going to make the outreach center bigger so we can reach more and we're believing that we're praying that and then when someone comes through the door and that scripture literally happens we stretched we're ready to hug them receive them because we're ready because of what you did they come through the doors and that scripture literally lived itself out and and here we are over here like wow that's amazing <laughs> i can't believe that happened we preached about it we prayed about it we talked about it and then when it happened we're like Well, that was crazy, you know, but I'm just letting you know that like any, you know, all all of you, whatever capacity, whether you serve here, pray here, uh, you know, give here, whatever you do, um, you gave into a move of God and you still are. But literally, like we, we preached about it, we got behind it and God is doing it. You know, a lot of times in church culture, we talk a lot about we need revival and we need this. And I'm in agreement with all of that. But most of the time, you're already in a revival. We're in a move of God as a church. You're in a move of God as a people, being not just involved with vertical, but being in obedience with God is a move of God. Amen? And so just so grateful and so thankful. And so it was amazing. We were able to send them with food and, and, and pray for them and love on them and tell them God loves them and get their address and care for them. And, um, you know, it's a sacrifice. You know, I lost about 10 minutes in my solitaire game. I forgot where I was. It was rough. And so I had to go home early, of course, you know. (laughs) But it's amazing. It's amazing what you guys are doing. And um, I want you to understand the weight of obedience. Uh, It's literally open doors. You don't think about a meal, right? Most of us in here, like we don't. But for them to leave with spiral macaroni, like you don't understand that was a move of God in their life. Uh, And so it's it's just I want you to as you pray and as you believe, you know, just just know. I said this in prayer and I was like, I would never say this from the pulpit because it's not scriptural. (laughs) Here's what I believe. There's a scripture that says that we entertain angels unaware. Okay. You're going to have to delete this, erase this, because I can't back it up scripturally. But let's play with this idea. Now, don't, like, call me a heretic. But the scripture talks about how we, angels unaware. Could it be at times you are that angel unaware? You're participating as an angel and you're unaware. When you give, when you serve, you don't understand that you're actually that to somebody else. You're actually being that to that person. Are you with me? I can't prove it all and show it. I'm just, that was a question. And if you answer the question wrong, that's on you. I just asked a question. Okay, you with me? All right, let's pray because we're running out of background track. (laughs) Things you don't notice. It's all subliminal. (laughs) Let's pray. I said this in first service. I can't believe I'm gonna say it again, Fred. Fred told me not to. I'm just messing around up here because it's our anniversary. On your anniversary, you get to mess around a little bit more, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just talking about like I'm excited. It's an anniversary. What are you thinking about? My wife is so mad at me. Like when we get home, that's gonna be a. I'm fine <laughs> She's. She says, I know you. I have this theory about I reverence the pulpit, and ministry, and like what it is to carry the word of God. But also, this is just a large family room to me with, like, a whole bunch of my family comes over, and we talk about what God is doing. And if it ever becomes not that, then I don't want to do it anymore, right? You with me? And, uh, and so, like, I'm not trying to be disrespectful or anything. We're just, I'm not going to be something up here, you know, like, I would, I'm would. i that guy up there that I'm up here. Are you, is that okay? Is he okay with that? Whatever. I'll wear A suit and tie next week, and we'll forget about it. And we'll, (laughs) all right. Let's pray, and we'll jump into the rest of it. God, we love you so much, Lord. We're thankful that you are a God who has fun. You created things that we enjoy, and uh, God, I'm so thankful for uh, this church and these people and all that you have for us, Lord. I just pray that you speak to us. God, I know that you sent people here today not to hear a sermon, not to sit through a service, but to literally leave with words from you, literally leave with encouragement that you from heaven speak through me to somebody. And God, I ask that as we share these words, we leave here understanding that we've spent time with you in a holy moment. God, we know that your word inspires us and encourages us. I thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. So, I struggled with this sermon uh, because, as an anniversary, especially for me as a pastor who started this church and, you know, at times turmoiled through the church, and then, uh, you know, it's a roller coaster, the highs and lows and all the fun of it. If I sat down and thought about, like, what would I want to say to our church who I love, who's everything to us, you know, what would you say? Well, of course, I could come up with nine hours of content to talk about. Like we could have a real Pentecostal service. Like, you know, those churches uh, where you go and you sit through the service and then you take a lunch break and then go back into service. Anyone ever heard of those? Uh, Andy went to those, right? Andy. And, uh, but there's so much on my heart. And so trying to narrow it all down. And so I really just asked God, like, what's on the house? What about vertical church is like on the house? Like what, not on the house, like paid for for you, but like what, what's the mantle? Like, what's the covering? Like, what, what's on the house um, that I believe God is doing and that He cares about and, and He wants us to, to walk in and hold on to? And uh, He really brought me back to this idea. And it's, it's kind of a weird idea. Uh, I don't want you to think that I'm like the, the go on the internet and believe uh, that if God shines a star this way and it hits a tree leaf this way, that it means this. Like, I'm not, I'm not too hocus pocus. But I also believe that God all throughout scripture says, you know, take a look at that. And he speaks to us through his word and then through different things. You know, we've seen a scripture axe heads fly back on and all these different things that God uses like uh, in our life to speak to us and through us. And so that'll make more sense when I share my story here in a minute. So I'm not the hocus pocus guy. I'm not the guy that's like, oh, if we do this and do it in a magic cloth and all these kinds of things, it's not what I'm saying. But I do believe that like God uses significant symbols, if you will. Like, hey, God showed up, and it was a moment. Whether it be a burning bush, or for me, it was a different kind of thing. But, uh, and it's meaningful. It's impactful. And so uh, I actually haven't shared this idea until for service publicly with the church. Uh, I've shared it in different leadership times. But um, the, the story I'm about to tell you, you know, is very significant in how we even got here. When I look at three years uh, this is a big part of our life and how we got here. And so uh, my my wife and I, Jess and I, we were pastoring at a church in Howell. Uh, the Hope, Scott and Sam and Maddie and Levi, they were a part of that church as well. And this was before we even started the church, and we're over there. And the church was really in some dysfunction. Uh, the church leadership there uh, easily was walking in disobedience and uh, not sound doctrines and decisions. and all kinds of different things that way. And so I knew, even though I was 30 years old and I had a three-month-old daughter, our first child, uh, I knew that my future could not remain there. I knew that to be obedient to the call of God on my life, uh, that I needed to be in a place that was sound and obedient to the ways of God and so very stressful and hard because we had only been there not even quite two years, and this meant we were gonna transition somewhere else. We didn't know. And uh, we just knew we couldn't remain. And so I had to pick up the phone one day and literally call and essentially resign. And I'm holding a three-month-old daughter who's our first kid. And you're learning all that about parenting and stability. And to be obedient to God, I had to call and resign. Um, I didn't know what was next for us. We had dreams and desires in our heart to plant a church. We knew that God's call and assignment on our life was to be in West Michigan at some point. Uh, We journeyed through life, my wife and us. Uh, I, uh, about seven, six or seven years of marriage at this time, we journeyed through life waiting for God to open the door for us to do it his way, not our way. And so here we are, we've resigned, it's dysfunctional, Uh, we don't know what to do. Stability uh, had offered us, uh, we got offered a position in California, uh, and it was going to be stable for our family. We could have just went and done that. It was at a great church with Um, just a great staff and great people, and so we could have done that. That would have been stable. That would have been a thing we could have done, Uh, but there was like a stirring on the inside of us that, no, um, this might be the time to plant a church. Now, that's what your faith is saying, but in the natural, there's not like a church store where you go and like pick a church off the shelf and open it, and then your church exists. It meant we had to move and live and like find some really stupid, I mean, courageous people to help us do this and be ready for a launch day. And, 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 and so it didn't happen quickly is what I'm saying. And so here I am going, how's this going to happen? All these kinds of things. Uh, and so we had that stirring uh, in our heart. And so we're just waiting on God and we're listening and we're praying and we're trying to decide. And so I called Tommy Pinkerton, who's a pastor. He's one of our board members. Uh, he's like an evangelist. He's also from the South. And so he's a charismatic evangelist. Um, he came and spoke here about a year ago, if you may remember him. And so I call him and I say, Hey, Pastor Tommy, trying to make a decision here. Here's what we're feeling, here's what we're thinking. Uh, and he's like, Well, Joshua, let me tell you a story about an eagle. You know, he's like real charismatic. And he goes on to tell me the story about the process of an eagle flying. He actually preached that sermon when he was with us. You can find it on SoundCloud. But he said, listen, a mama eagle, uh, when it's time for the baby to fly and spread her wings and do her thing, uh, the mama eagle will start to pull out parts of the nest to make it more uncomfortable. We'll remove things that kind of poke you because pro- then you're going to want to get out of the nest and fly into what you're supposed to fly into. And he said, the process is they'll remove it. It'll become uncomfortable And then the mama bird will actually knock the baby bird out of the nest. And it'll fall, fall, fall. And then the eagle will swoop underneath and catch it. So that's part of the process. Fall, 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 catch. Multiple times, fall. The whole time the mama eagle is evaluating, is it time? Is it right? Is it time? And so eventually one of the times when the mama eagle knows, she just doesn't catch it. And the eagle throws its wings and flies. And that's the process of learning to fly. And so my mentor says, hey, for you... It's either time for you to be caught one more time and go to California and, and take a position and, you know, stability, or it's time for you to fly, just throw your wings and fly. And um, it's one of those like, oh, thanks um, for not really telling me anything, <laughs> you know, thanks for the no answer, you know. And, a, and I don't have a job, so basically you just wasted my cell phone minutes. I just only know a little bit more about eagles now, you know. And uh, so that was that. And then we had this lady we were doing this um, going away thing that the church, some of the church people threw for us, uh, this going away party, and um, there's this prayer lady, and uh, we love prayer, we super value prayer, uh, but sometimes, uh, you know, you might meet somebody in the church who's just the -the over-the-top prayer lady, always got something to say to you, always got, and um, and we love that, but you know, there's just times where you're walking down the hallway, and you see her coming, you're just like, oh my gosh, you know, (laughs) you got to find another room, well, this was that lady, and we loved her, we think she's amazing, but Sometimes you're just not quite sure. And so we're at this meeting, uh, this going away party thing, and the lady comes to Jess and I, and she says, hey, um, can I meet with you and Jess um, in this other room? She's like, wanted to take us in, a pri- like, a private room. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm, like, telling Jess, dial somebody on your cell phone so they hear this in case we get murdered. You know, like, uh, so we go in this other room, and uh, she starts going into this, um, hey, and I don't know all the exact definitions, and she might be lying, I don't know, but it's still meaningful to me. So she says, uh, hey, I'm whatever part Indian, uh, and so because of, like, my heritage and my background, uh, I'm, I'm allowed to have these. Not everybody is. And she said, I didn't want to um, just give you, like, a gift card or something on your way out. I asked God that he would really uh, use me to speak to you and give you something, you know, significant and meaningful. And he told me to give you this. So we're like, okay. And we open it up and it was actually an eagle feather, like a real eagle feather. And so, again, I'm not like, you know, totally hocus pocus. That meant, you know, whatever it meant. But like for us, and she began to read the scripture that I'm going to read in a minute. She began to read Isaiah 40 talking about how it's time to rise up with wings as eagles and it's time to fly. And and so really, really cool that she was obedient. But I bring it up today because I believe that as I read the scripture here in a minute, um, we are in that same place even as a people. Uh, I believe uh, that as we head into 2017, uh, that as we read the scripture, that some of you, it is time to throw your wings. It's time to not, uh, you don't have to wait to be caught anymore. You don't have to wait uh, for somebody else to do it. It's time for you to mount up with wings as eagles and fly into what God has for you. Amen? And so I believe that's on the church is what I said uh, in the beginning. I believe that it's a big part of our story and it's what God has done and is doing with Vertical Church. We didn't know we were gonna name it Vertical, we didn't know any of that, but the whole idea of mounting up and right, it's just as amazing. And so again, I'm not trying to be a Christian television guy. If you all give $7,777 right now, a golden calf, Well, you know, it's like not that. But I do believe that like God, God talks to us and, and, and reveals things to us. And so I just believe, uh, this Isaiah 40, I want you to hear it. Um, Jess and I, we're in this season where it's like, God, Uh, How have you forsaken us? Like, don't you see what we have to do? How are we going to play into church? How are we going to do this? We got all this going. We got this. Don't you see that we have this three-month-old? Don't you see all this kind of stuff? And then this is part of the eagle verse here in Isaiah 40. It says, why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Because we all do that. And God told me that there'd be some people here today that are saying that about this year already. You couldn't wait for 2017 to come. And you just thought, oh, when it's here, it's gonna be new and God's gonna pay attention and he's gonna hear me. And now you're in 2017 and it's the same. It's 2016 still to you. And you're sitting to say to God, you're saying, why have you disregarded me? Why do you not hear me? Why are you not paying attention to me? And I love this response in 28. It says, do, do you not know Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. Just hear these words as we read them. He's the everlasting God. He doesn't have a term limit. He doesn't run out of creative ideas. He can't get cancer and die and fail innovations. He's the everlasting God. Always there, right? If we say it out loud, everlasting, he can last with you. And so everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, the ends of the earth describing the places that we can't even see or reach and understand, saying like, not, not, not only do I know they're there, and I, he's the creator of it all. He put it in place. He's that God. Then it says this, he will not grow tired or weary. There's some friendships, there's some jobs, there's some people that can grow weary, There's some circles and people connected to that as we cast our cares on them, as we reach out to them, they grow weary and they grow tired. But God doesn't grow weary. And I want you to hear it today. He doesn't grow weary and tired of you coming to him and calling upon his name and seeking him as our series, as as, as the series we're in. God doesn't grow weary in that. It says his understanding no one can fathom like his understanding, what he sees and processes. I know we all know this, but I want us to think about it out loud. Like he, nobody can fathom that of God, what he understands and sees. Like, I don't know why it happened. I don't know why the pain comes back. I don't know why this, that, and the other. But what I do know is that God understands. The scripture says that, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but in always ways was, was tempted and was without sin. Meaning he's the God who knows what it's like. He understands every level. You can't look at God up in heaven and say, God, how could he? He's, I know. I came down here and I suffered and I dealt and I died blamelessly. So that I could be a guy who can, the, the most powerful words psychiatrists say that you can hear is when somebody says, me too. I get it. I understand. I'm with you. I'm not going anywhere. He's the God who came down, took on flesh and blood, and said, I get it. I understand what it is to see your son die on a cross who didn't deserve it. We don't understand. He he, he understands. So he's the God who understands when no one can fathom. Verse 29, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. You know what's amazing about God and, and, and being connected to this is not only can you not make him tired, not only can he not grow weary, but instead he gives strength and he helps you in your weariness. Isn't that amazing about God? Even youth grows tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, hope takes time, doesn't it? It's not like, hey, uh, you know, I was over there and I really hoped. We say hoping. I was over in that situation. I was just really hoping because it's a process. And we use the word hoped. Some of you people are like, we better tell them. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? Hope more times than not is a process. It's a process. And, and, And so it says this. It says, those who hope in the Lord, you're remaining in it. You're just hoping in the Lord. It says, will. Look at the word. I want it in your heart and in your eyes. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. It doesn't say they could, it doesn't say maybe. They will renew their strength. It will happen. They will soar on wings like eagles, they will run and not grow weary. You lay your head down at night and you say it's 2017. How am I going to bed so tired? How am I not have the energy? How am I going to make it through this? How am I going to break this addiction? How am I going to find joy again? How am I going to do all these kinds of things? You hope in the Lord and he will renew your strength. He will cause you to soar on wings like eagles. He you will run and not grow weary. And it says they will walk and not be faint. You'll get your strength back. You'll get your strength back because you're going to hope in the Lord. You don't have to understand it all. He's the one who's all understanding. You don't have to figure it all out. You just continue to hope on the Lord and hope on the Lord and hope on the Lord and you won't be faint. Are you with me? So what's beautiful about this is we are a people and I believe that's a word for somebody here, that that's you and you just hold it and you hold it and you hold it and you run with it, you run with it. I'm gonna encourage you with this not sounding like a promotion, We're in this series called Seek, and the reason this really matters and that I bring it up is this. This book, we came up with six goals. We wrote this. It's free to you on your way. i encourage you to take them. Uh, We said, we believe that what you do in the first, God sees is devoted. And so you take this book, you go home, there's six topics in it. Inside those topics, you write your goals for the year. And then when the day comes when you're growing weary or you're feeling faint, you can look back at this and say, God, I believe that you told me to write those things. I sought you. I was seeking after you and you led me to write those goals. You led me to write those action steps. You led me to write these things. And now when I'm growing faint and now when I'm growing weary, I'm going to renew my hope. I'm gonna hope in you by going back and looking at these and trusting you in these and God's gonna see you through. You'll rise up on wings as eagles, amen? And so these books are major for us. Take them, write your goals, believe in them, trust God in them. And I believe that through that, he will raise you up. Amen? So I thought about this. A couple of things before we close. Man, how time flies when you're having fun, right? Uh, one thought. I'll Actually, I'll close with this if we'll close. Uh, there's one thought that I really kind of want us to walk away with, aside from everything that I shared, is uh, I want to give us this idea uh, from this scripture that says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst, for they shall be filled. Uh, I want you to imagine with me, it's summer. I mean, blazing summer, 95 degree, 100 degree. And you're mowing the lawn. You know, you just went on a bike ride. You did whatever. You're not just like, oh, I got in the house. That was good. I think I'm going to get a drink. You were so thirsty that like you had to get a drink. I mean, you, you were just, it was hot. and you were, It's the kind of drink that when you got to the drink and you drank it, it's the kind that you literally feel it all the way down, right? You were so thirsty that when it hit you, if you'll let me exaggerate, when it hit you, it blessed you, right? You so desired that drink. You so thirsted after that thing that when you got it, it measurably blessed you. Are you with me? That's what this scripture is saying. It's saying, hunger and thirst. For they shall, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for they shall be filled. Some translate, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness or relationship with God, right standing, his kingdom, all those things. But this book, this seek book, what it's doing is it's saying, like we're literally writing the thing that we're hungering and thirsting for. That way, when God honors it, We consciously recognize the blessing that it is to us. Just like that drink of water. I'm hungering, I'm thirsting. And then it blesses you when you receive it. Why? Because we've measured it. We've sought God for it. So these goals, you know, whether it's your finances or just something you're struggling with or a moment in your past, whatever it is, write the goal. I need healing or I need this. You write the goal so that you can measure it so that when we're blessed by it, we can give thanks to God. God, I recognize that you've given me this and you've blessed me with this. I'm so grateful because I've hungered and thirsted for this, amen? Two things with it uh, that we need to take a look at. The scripture says, uh, I didn't bring it with me, but the scripture many of us have heard, it says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. For us to rise up with wings as eagles, for us to be a people who seek God and move forward and, and walk with him, the scripture is tying our joy or our passion to it. Saying, hey, it's so important for you to reignite yourself As one translation. Rejoy yourself in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Why? Because to be able to make it, you have to intentionally believe and trust God and be positive. Uh, I'm gonna blow your mind here with this study. Check this out. You're not gonna believe this. Groundbreaking. You can tell people you heard it here. Listen to this. People who constantly talk negatively, people who are always negative, you're not gonna believe this, check this out. People who constantly are negative and and, and always talk negatively actually live a negative life. Can you believe that? The people that are always negative and always talking negatively, turns out they actually live negative lives as a result of that. Can you believe that? (laughs) I know, it's unbelievable. It's so weird too, like I go on Facebook and all the people that are always negative on Facebook seem to have the most negative kind of life. I just, it's, you realize I'm messing around, right? Some of you are like, I feel like that's not groundbreaking. (laughs) Right, that's my point. My point in it is as we seek God, as we believe God, as we look to rise up with wings as eagles, as we look to trust him and see our hope renewed and our strength and not grow faint, all those things, it's gonna be really important for us to not Let ourselves be negative and speak negative and act negative and and, and eat, devour negativity. It's amazing to me, like some people, especially negative people, find negative people. It's just like, like I think they have like tattoos or chips or something and they just find each other and just consume negativity and talk about, I gotta get off it, it doesn't matter. But anyway, you get the point. But we need to be a people. The scripture says life and death is in the power of the tongue. What you speak is a part of your future. I love it. I've heard it said this way. What's on your tongue is in your future. I'm not saying you can't be real. I'm not saying you can't have moments of frustration and doubt and, and, and be real with people. I'm not saying you, you have to lie about everything. But what I'm saying is when the scripture says, out of the abundance of the heart and the mouth speaks, sometimes you have to use your words to get, get things to line up. You just, you, you got to just speak life, speak life, speak life, speak life. And your heart starts to change. I believe that I can do it. I believe that I, I can use this pain to help somebody else. You used to say on this side, I'll never get over it. I'll never get out of it. I'll, no one will ever understand. No one will ever believe me. It wasn't right. I didn't deserve it. I, I'm going to. And then you start to say, you know what? I can make a difference with this. I can help somebody. I can rise up with wings as eagles. I can get a different perspective. I can make sure somebody somebody doesn't have to go through it alone. I can make sure. And all of a sudden you find yourself over here just simply because of the way that you spoke about it. You used the word and you changed your atmosphere. You with me? So that's my prayer for you. I hope some of all that makes sense. But I'm believing for you this year, and especially as we write seed books, that that feather, it's almost like I give it to you today too. It's like God is calling many of you to fly. Like this year, it's time for you to spread your wings and trust God. He's there. He's with you. He's not going to fail you. It was so frustrating for me as a pastor that so many people talk themselves out of what God wants to do in them because they feel like it's not possible. Uh, The scripture says that God is a God who's up in in heaven, up in heaven, watching over his word to perform it. He's like, just... Just do it. Just believe me. Just trust me. Just put that in operation. Just live that out. That that principle in scripture, or that thing that I showed you. Just do that, and I'm up here, and I'm waiting to make that thing happen. I'm waiting to bless you. I'm waiting to make you see it. It's like me as a heavenly father. I said this in first service, <laughs> with my kids. You know, like as a parent, I am just pulling for them to get it and to do it. Uh, Caroline, hey. Uh, go downstairs and put your socks on. Just go downstairs and get a pair of socks like in under an hour. If you have kids, you know what I'm talking about. Just If you could just do it in under one hour. Um, like we start getting ready for the next day, the day before. Like kind of true actually. Uh, but, but literally, it's like, please, I'm your father up here in heaven. Like if you just do this, just do this, then me as the dad, like I can't wait to, to bless you and to be, you know, shine my face upon you if I will. You know, like I'm using scripture. I hope you're with me. (laughs) And, uh, but you know what I'm saying? Like, as the heavenly father, I can't wait to to bless you and help you and advance you. And same thing as like an earthly father. I'm just saying, just please do it. Just be obedient to what we asked you to do. Because when you do, like, look, if you just do it like under an hour, I'm not only going to give you a stick of gum. I'll give you more than the pack. Like, you can have the whole box. Just please, any socks. Just doesn't have to be yours. Get mine. Just anything because it's got to happen because mommy's crying right now (laughs) and I'm too because when she cries I cry (laughs) oh somebody say amen to that parents right but you get what I'm saying as a heavenly father as earthly father you're just like I want to see you put those principles of obedience into your life because when you get it you're better and God is saying the same thing like hey Just put these principles of obedience into your life because when you get it, it's so much better. It's not restricting, it's better. It's the better kind of life. That's why when Jesus came to earth, he said, I didn't come to condemn or I came to give you life and give it to you better. What I'm about to share, what he's saying, what what I'm about to reveal to you, what I'm about to give to you. If you do these things, it's the better kind of life. So that's how I want us to run this year. It's like God is so cheering for you and believing for you to just trust him and be obedient and you'll see amazing things, amen?